Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt Man! All right! Episode 106 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Eric from Action Engineering in Georgia. Let's go! <laughs> Too cool to talk. Looks like a beach bum. Well, you know, ever since we did Golden Boys podcast and we were stunting with our shades, right? I thought, you know, I'd go with this look. Not you don't like it? I love it. Okay, okay. Do you have like Birkenstocks on? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I have that's vibe. all I have. Like that's the only that's all I wear. Right. It's just t-shirt, no shorts, Birkenstocks. Uh, underwear or just nothing? Down nothing. Below, just tree, okay. just trunk in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's summer and what did we decide it was? I think the hot scale, you know, wasn't it hot as balls? Does it go hot as shit? Hot, hot as shit, as hot as balls, balls, hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. Okay. Okay. Right. Is there anything after hot as fuck? You. <laughs> Well, then it's me here today. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's the temperature in St. Louis. Uh-huh. How does it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a ripe Andy, Andy Runman today in St. Louis. Sure is. I don't know. Like, I think that uh, like half the country's kind of fucked. Um, yeah. Other than the heat. Apparently, it's not where you are. It's like a beautiful 70 degrees. It's fucking crisp, gorgeous. Crisp and clean. Yeah. Such a nice morning. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yogurt. Oh. Yeah, I gotta fuel up, you know, because some of us actually print fucking shirts. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's valid. I, I have a, uh, I have the rest of my morning iced tea. Don't you know how to get iced tea like on your own? Do you have to go through a drive-through? I just like Dunkin's iced tea. It's like a good strength. Okay, well that's fair. Yeah. Do they know you there? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, it's kind of like good and bad as I go there so much. They're like, you really need the Duncan app. You'd save so much money. And it's just like, it's not cool. Like they... It's not cool when a drive through is like knows you by name and knows your order. Here's what you do. So it's just, it's probably like Starbucks. Though. I bet you their app has like a reward based yeah, it does. thing where yeah. you use it eight times and you get a free drink, you know? Yeah. But here's the thing. Like if you're loaded up, like if you're stacking, like if you're piling money up like you, well, then you don't give a fuck. Right. You don't care about a free iced tea. Shit. I was like, I'll pay double for that iced tea, bitch. How about that? <laughs> Lay off. Don't what tell me what look, to do. Do I look poor? <laughs> yeah. I threw a hundred dollar bill at the window and drove off. <laughs> well, it looks like you're getting your steps in. We're talking about uh, oh, yeah, dude. healthy and all that stuff. All I Trying get to. are like these gorgeous, I get sunrise picks and, and sunset. also sunset picks <clears throat> dude not yet not last night but the night before was a sunset with a double with a rainbow halo around the sun i thought you were just going to tell me that there was a sunset at the same time there was a sunrise yeah dude i was like wow that would be a trip you know i think yep. there might be a place in the world that happens I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it doesn't where it just dark. crests and comes back up yeah like if you go north enough in the summer 
Yeah. Like when we're visiting Joanne's It's home, like Alaska, right? Where it just like kind of like dips and comes back up. Yeah. And I, I swear in North Dakota, it gets dark in the summer. It gets dark at like 11 o'clock at night. And oh, you know who else? You know, Kellen, man, we haven't talked about Kellen in a long time mm-hmm. um, from black and white, but he's way up in Canada. And I want to say like, sometimes he sends me pictures and he's on the golf course at midnight, <laughs> like just playing, playing golf. Seems yeah. like the life, man. Well, hey, yeah, I, he's. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long, and we haven't know, like done a proper um, in our office recording in so long, and I don't like it. And I want to get back to regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I do too. I think that it felt really weird on Sunday, this Sunday, because that was like I don't know how many Sundays in a row that we haven't recorded, but yeah, quite a while. Um, I found myself just wandering around the streets of St. Louis, not mm-hmm. knowing what to do. You know, I, I get it. Me too. Yeah, you were so running lost, around St. Louis. So, you should have so lost by. without you. Why didn't you come over? I just went and got some uh, some beef. Beef. So what else is new, real quick? What else is new, real quick? What happened last week? Anything? Dude, like it's just so tough right now with um, everyone out. I don't know if you're going through the same sort of thing, but we have people out sick. We have people that have aren't here I had two anymore. People out, we have two people out on Monday. I think it was yeah. just like like sick, like weekend mm. party too hard. So I was raising my eyebrows in my eyes too, but you can't. Tell. <laughs> but your glasses are too tall. <laughs> um. So what? Yeah. So that's kind of what. That's seriously the theme of the past. I would say three weeks is that at all times on any given day, no matter what, we're down minimum 10% of our team, which means we're missing at least three people, sometimes four, sometimes five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, try to get stuff done like that. Yeah, sure. We still can. And like, I go to Kyle and I'm like, Kyle, it's going to be okay. Let's chill out. Can't do anything about this. Um, I'm going to actually print some shirts. Thanks. Look at this delivery. Thank you. Yep. Is that from Duncan or did she just refill it's you? From Duncan, me? another one. <laughs> Bullshit. Like you have people delivering you. Yeah. Duncan iced tea on a. That's like, what happens what is here. It? How does that work for you? So you do it like once every two hours? They just. They just, just make a run. Hmm. I have the, the fridge stocked with Gold Peak. So. Can we switch? Can we wife's? Can we swap shop swap? You said wife first. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's see we'll do it wife and shop and we'll see how the dynamic works out. Your wife would be so stoked. Like she would get she some would. real, like real attention, action, <laughs> attention. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, it would be. It'd be so fascinating. Like we talk about that every once in a while. Like, what would it be like if I went and ran upstate for, I can't just do it for a day. Cause everybody, no, it's gotta me. be at least a week. Yeah. At first they'd be like, man, Andy's so, you know, like he's just so fucking cool. And then like by day four, they'd be like, when's this fucking guy going? Mm-hmm. Like, when is he going to leave? Now, how would it be here for you? What do you think it would happen? How would it go down? That would be awesome. I feel like spirits would be so lifted and like we would just have so much fun <laughs> all week. We'd fucking jamming the yeah. tunes all week. High five. Fuck up some orders. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I mean, 
obviously production and print quality would fucking skyrocket. Do you know, I was really nice to you the other day because you said uh, when we were recording at Becker, you were talking about um, a press, uh, like training a press, a person on the press to become a press op. And you said that, you know, it really just takes a year. They have to fuck up 30 orders. And I was like, 30 orders. Holy hell. Like what's going on up at your shop? I was going to say something about that. Like that's too many orders. Oh, I thought you were going to say that that's like you know, that's like an, that's like a normal month's worth of mm. fuck oh, ups yeah. for you. An order a day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Like nope. 30 orders. It's more like, like 1200. Orders, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean a thousand. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it, man. I think, um, I think that's my week. And so if you want to talk about your shop, like what's going on up there, let's hear it. Same old, just uh, getting busier, and uh, that's it. Really, it's just been good. It's been cruising. Um, I've been working on T Club stuff. Got one on right now. I see it. Um, it's been good. Things are good. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here with you. Ready to get back into it. Wow! Thanks for sharing so much information. Now everybody has a very clear picture. Of what's going on all right it has been going uh, on at upstate for two weeks the end of last week no the beginning of last week my dad finished the dock for the new storage area for the trailers and then he immediately when i was with you in uh indy he started the grilling deck and he finished that yesterday so i'm pretty stoked on that uh i ordered a new four burner blackstone at lowe's yesterday so I'm going to go pick that up today for the deck and we're going to have a big grill party here on Friday. So if you want to swing up, <laughs> I'd love you know, to. we'll do some grilling. And then, uh, yeah, we've just been busy. I got my mom here all week. That's nice. I, uh, she's, doing, uh, she's doing some digitizing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, after she's that, done with digitizing, she, that, uh, we have a shitload of bandanas that need folded, bagged and sticker. And she's here mm-hmm. doing that. Dude, I have the best uh, digitizing story. So somebody called, I actually answered the phone. I know that's weird, but uh, it was, it was ringing, ringing, ringing. It doesn't ring in my office until like the fourth ring or whatever. How do you answer the phone? What? You just say what? what? You pull the phone you're what? Yeah. I thought, isn't that polite? It's not like go for Andy or. (laughs) I say, sure, Kong. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) um no i think um let me tell this story so this this so i answer the phone it's a digitizer and i'm like yes and so they start their thing and uh and i say uh, oh oh, so they say you know who who does your you know digitizing and stuff so i said you know my mom does you know of course and they said okay okay and these guys are getting good they're get, I think that they've heard this so many times that now they have a rebuttal. And you know what they said? Dude goes, so, um, you know, like, who does your backup? Like if your mom, you know, can't keep up or, or if you need somebody else, who, who, who's the backup? And I didn't have a good, like, comeback <laughs> the moment. And I just said, she, we just like, we never need that. Uh, and then I hung up. And then after I hung up, I sat there for like, you just say your mom has go, the stamina of a stallion. No, here's, here's my comeback. I told Joanne, I'm like, Oh, I know the perfect thing to say next time it happens. And so 
I say, the first time I say, yeah, my mom does. They say, well, who does your backup? I say, my other mom. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, perfect. Oh, okay. Then they probably are silent and they you just say stepmom to... or stepmom. Sure. I just mm-hmm. like other mom, my mm-hmm. other mom, because mm-hmm. then they've got nothing. Right. That. Mm-hmm. No, you don't like it. You I like it. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, your grandma. Anybody uh, out there that needs like a second, you know, like the backup, because they're getting smart. They're, they're, they hear, they've heard the mom one. And so they ask you who your backup is just say, or you could say with your dad, I guess. I just like the other mom, my other mom. Say daddy. That's better. <laughs> my, daddy. my daddy does my digitizing. Okay. Sure. I like that too. Mm-hmm. If my mommy can't handle it, my daddy does. That's what you should say. God. Yes. Itching for this. Well, Dylan, it all starts with a screen. And whether it is new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, F F F F F. Frank.com. Or great fucking screens.com. Of course, cleaning screens is no fun. But EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them out at easyway.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. Just got a fresh booth from them. Thanks, bud. Thanks, Alex. Booth. Hmm. Yeah, I got a new wash-up booth. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Action Engineering makes all kinds of accessories printers need go to actionengineering.com to have a look and then use shirt show at checkout and get a one-time discount of 15% off 15% off if you've never used that code before if you have remember we also have that code ss103 use that at checkout during the month of june you get 10% off and i hate when people say SS when they're saying a number and they go one Oh three. Right. It's not a letter because that's confusing. Right. Oh, I, so I type in one and then the letter O and then three. No, it's one zero three guys. Yeah. I think most people got it, but no, yeah. I don't, I don't think they do for the occasional smooth brain. It's a one zero three. Modern color makes ink that does what it's supposed to do. They have the most opaque, mixing system in the biz okay yeah, they do you want to learn more go to monarchcolor.com ink better print better be better live moss monarch monarch yep chromaline um so we've partnered with chromaline because they truly help shops improve their screen department. We use, we use oh, their uh, emulsion here every day. If something is going wrong in our screen room, because we all know there's a zillion variables. Well, then you get a hold of Kevin, the emulsion. Group. I was going to say, it has nothing to do with chrome line. It's the fact that we just, Kevin's just so hunky and adorable that, you know, we, we just wanted to be around him as much as possible. That's true. And, you know, I wanted to be around him. He was happened to have been here. Uh, not this last week, I think on Monday, cause he was going to see a different mm-hmm. shop between you and he, John. And he wanted to come here first and say hello. And he did. And we hung out and he checked our EOM just cause I'm like, dude, can you just have a look while you're here? He did. And of course we were 18 to 20% 
perfect. And um, I wanted him to hang out later. I wanted to, to go to dinner or just do whatever. And he said, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, of course. And then he canceled. Canceled. He, had, he was with John. <laughs> I know. He got down there with Logo Dad and he's like, this is way more fun. Right. Exactly. I get it. I understand fully. Yeah. So fuck you, John. Um, <laughs> so Chromaline, they are putting together um, a really neat program for all of the listeners where um, something like every month, they're giving away some of these beer steins or beer. What is it called? These etched like shirt show etched beer glasses, mugs. I'm getting it all wrong, but they're doing something like that. And also there's a, a certain section of their website that will have shirt show facts, you know, shirt show stuff about how to, how to make screens like in a chart and all this sort of stuff. So details on that coming soon. I should have everything or we should have everything um, by next episode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go buy Check some them Chromaline. out at com, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And also follow right now Emulsion Guru on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For real. Okay. For real. GXS, or as people know, Graphic Source, they um, are another sponsor of ours now. And we are super stoked about that because they can really help a shop. And I thought that we could go through and I will say um, like something that they can help. So I'm going to, I'm going to read a sentence, how they can help. And then Dylan, at the end of that sentence, you just say, call Nick or Lucas. <laughs> okay. 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 So we'll see how this goes. This, this oh, could God. be a, a, a disaster, but mm-hmm. we're, we're going to try this. We're going to try this out real quick. Okay. All right. So you don't have time to do all the art and run your business call nick wood at 1900 hot stuff let's say you have too much fucking art to handle call lucas at 199 hot dog 199 that's a new that's that new hotline yeah number Mm -hmm. i like it or, or let's just say you suck at art. Call Nick and Lucas at, for a good for a good time. <laughs> we're, we're we're killing these. We're, we're getting it done. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, let's say you need some help with some complicated steps. Don't call Shirtcon. Oh. Oh, <laughs> shot to the heart. Call Nick or Lucas at Graphic Source. Mm-hmm. And last, but definitely not least, let's just say you're having a bad day and you want to feel better about the world. Oh, fuck yeah. Call Nick. <laughs> Call Nick Wood. <laughs> Call Nick Wood because the world's hype, man. You just need like. 30, I don't even know if you need 30 seconds with him mm-hmm. and everything's better. It's true. It's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Well, for real, graphic source <clears throat> has been been really good. Uh, I think it fits any size shop. And we talked to a lot of shops where we were just mentioning it because we thought it was a great service. Uh, if you yeah. need help with art, 
and you're struggling by yourself or if you have a shop with a hundred employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you're a medium shop like us, so we have, we use graphics source every single day. We have a dedicated art specialist and they bang out art all day long. And oh, we sure. still have, we have three uh, designers here full time, but yet we need help with certain things. And so it's okay, Dilly. It's okay to ask for help. You, it, yeah. It's not a bad thing. I'm getting that. Okay. I'm understanding. Hey, Andy, uh, who do we have on the show today? Dylan, I'm excited oh. for this one because today we are talking with none other than Eric Naftel. I hope I got that right. From Action Engineering. And if you don't know, his company makes cool shit for screen printers. We talked about them just a few sponsors ago. Yeah, they're just super rad company trying to help out screen printers and make cool accessories. I hope he joins the thing soon so we can start because he's busy. He's a busy guy and he only has so much time. And so, you know, what if we talked really, really fast? Like, what if we, you know how if you can go at 1.5 or, Just or do whatever? two times speed the entire time with her? Let's try it. Can you talk, try talking really, really fast? I can't talk really, really fast. What are you talking about, Annie? I can't do this. So you did. However, you need to go higher pitched because if you're fast, if you're talking fast, it would go higher. Like if you're fast forwarding it. So try yeah, that again. I can only rewind. I can be like, that's pretty good. That sounded real. Let me see. What did you just say? Oh, you said Andy is really. I I couldn't make out the last word. Something though. (laughs) Right. Something. I think it was good. Yeah, it was. I hope it was. Let's just pretend. Let's pretend it was. Okay. Oh, stretch it out. Here we go so nervous every time you get get the runs look at him <laughs> he's What's almost up, got Eric? the same look as me so we're Gentlemen. close yeah Gentlemen, how are you can you hear me okay it's perfect it's beautiful and crisp yeah perfect great yeah what's going on man i am eric pleasure to meet you both yeah you too and hey, we'll do a digital high five or handshake Oh yes! Hey, <laughs> the fist pump. So what's going on, man? How's uh, how's the shop? The shop is busy. We are unbelievably busy. Everything is going just incredibly well. All we need now are orders. <laughs> just that's cranking. not true. Not true, man. Yeah, we're really busy. Um, so uh, sales these uh, this first part of the year we're twelve uh, percent up. Oh, and yeah. profits are down by 30%. Why is that? Cost of goods, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every sense. single thing we ship out of here is made out of aluminum. And uh, the cost of our raw materials is over double what it was a year ago, year and a half Dang. ago. And I have raised prices. I did raise prices along with the rest of the universe last year. And uh, I'm going to hold tight and just try to keep pumping up the volume and make it up that way. But I, I think that... Um... We are going through a really complex time. I think that just like you, our our shops, you know, have have had price increases across the board, whether it is supplies or um, or just even blanks. 
And, um, and then what's even more significant, at least for our shop is labor costs. I mean, we, if supplies are up 10 to 15%, labor is up more like 20 to 25% for us. And, um, you know, and so how do you fix this? I mean, I have conversations about this a lot, uh, lately, or I even think about it just a lot, you know, because sort of like you are, we're, we're busy. We had a record 2021, 2020 is on pace. I don't think we're going to beat 2021, but 2022 here is, you know, we're on, we're on pretty good pace. Um, but are we going to make less? I mean, I, I think that's probably true. I, I don't know any way around that other than to raise prices, but sort of like you, like how much can you keep raising them before something starts to give? And so really for us, um, it hasn't been as much of the supply costs it is as it is labor. I, and I wish it were, and that's probably why supplies are going up too. I mean, you just can't, people aren't producing enough stuff. You got to flood the market with supply with whether it's aluminum or whatever it is, plastisol, or I should say plasticizer, flood the market with supply, and then you're going to have prices go down. But how can you flood the market with supply if you don't have people on your team to, to, to produce it? I don't know. I think we're all kind of stuck in this for a while. Yeah, this isn't going to work itself out anytime soon, guys. <laughs> look, I, and, I've said and this. it's over. Done. <laughs> Sorry, look, I said this so many times when, when all of this was going down, I kept looking around saying, look, guys, it's a lot easier to take shit apart than it is to put it back together and that's what we're really kind of talking about we uh we broke apart supply chains we the mills went down things uh got quiet for so long that um you know trying to put it all back together to meet demand is is what we're looking at here and just my two cents yeah i, I am know. uh i'm patient i know i've been through this now for 30 years and oh, yeah. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. It'll work itself out. It always does. I don't know too much about the the industry you're in as far as like the machine shop kind of thing where you guys are making all these parts and stuff. Is there a way to not necessarily, I guess you could invest in the company more in a certain way to make things more efficient to where you could keep costs down that way and not have to raise your prices as much? I have invested in machinery in the last two years, more so than uh, the last five. Um, we had a tremendous growth spurt because of our face mask pallets. And a lot of that, the, uh, the money made from uh, that year went back into the company. I got a lot of great new toys here. We are more efficient than we have ever been. Our shelves are stocked. Um, things that used to take an hour, take 10 minutes. Now Perfect. it is absolutely remarkable, man. The improvements in efficiency I have here, uh, just as a general rule of thumb, my volume has doubled in the last six years and I have less people working here than I had six years ago. It's absolutely true. And, uh, the reason for that is just simply, we've made changes to processes. We've made changes to, uh, improved machinery and everything else. And man, it is crazy how efficient we are now. That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. the case with our core business, with our core products. Some of the stuff that we make custom, maybe it still takes a little longer, but mm -hmm. that's, um, I think well, that's a lot of really as the, uh, the operations manager. And if you don't have a lot of shops, 
the owners are the operations manager. And so that's sort of what you think about all the time, whether it's while you're laying awake at night at 3 a.m. or driving in your car or whatever you're doing, um, you're trying to think of how to be more efficient. And some of that is um, by design because, you know, it's our responsibility to be efficient. And then also some of it's just by necessity because, you know, we don't have as many people um, out there that um, in the work pool anyway, that'll come to work here at our shop. And so how do you get stuff done? Well, you have to automate. Um, and then also the other, the other part of automation that we always talk about is that um, just the quality of life improves and the people that we're doing once mm -hmm. something once manually, you know, they can yep. do something else. And because their day goes faster. Um, I also, I wrote when you, Dylan, when you said that about, um, you know, trying to cut costs like, and, and reduce your expenses. Um, I wrote uh, when, when we had Mark Coudre on um, a few weeks back, he said something that really stuck with me. Like the, the biggest takeaway I had was Mark said, cutting expenses is finite. So why waste your time? Why not spend energy on profit and increasing your profit and wealth and sales? And so I was like, well, that, cause I thought that was really like provocative. I was like, cause I, I do that sometimes. I'm like, okay, well, how can I save money on this? Or how can I save money on insurance or ink costs or whatever it is, efficiencies? You, well, you can, and that's true and you should, but how much time should you waste on that? And his point is, is like, those are finite expenses you're, you're cutting. Whereas you can, if you grew your sales, well, then those are, it's unlimited. Yeah, so absolutely. Here. Well, yeah, positively. <laughs> so positively. Uh, how, how did you get involved in all this, Eric? Because you said you've been no, doing it for what thirty no years. Now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, gentlemen, I have uh, instructions here regarding today's discussion that I needed to have a drink. Oh, perfect! So, what I do got you a have? Big, giant glass of Johnny looks, Walker. I was going to say it looks very, uh, <laughs> big, very giant dark. Glass, big Johnny Walker. Hey, oh, I, I have it on there. Yeah. Mine's mine's similar so, in color. All right, here we go. Cheers. <sighs> oh, that's tasty. <laughs> Cheers to having a lot of stock on the shelves. Hey, hold on. Let me finish this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> it's apple okay. juice. It's yeah. not really Johnny Walker. <laughs> he needs it for the for the stories. Okay, you got me. It's actually watered down coffee. Oh, gross. I thought it was gonna be funny. When I was a kid, <laughs> I um all of my cousins, I was like one of the youngest one, and we collected or they collected beer cans. It was just the thing to do back then as we collected beer cans and you kind of put all different beers on your wall, you know? Um, I don't know how healthy that is, but it was just something we did. And, um, and we drank some of them sometimes, but I hated it. Like I hated beer so bad that, um, I just could not stand it. I almost throw up, but I wanted to be cool like them. And so I had my grandma, whenever we did the tastings, I said, Hey, could you just give me a little apple juice? So they won't make fun of me so hard. And so I would drink <laughs> apple juice instead. Very nice. Way to be strong, brother. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, All so right. uh, sorry to uh, you. You asked a question. How did I get started with doing yeah. this? God, it's such a story, man. But been doing it for thirty years. Started off as uh, selling parts for use on precision hydraulic oval machines. Those are like uh, machines that were around before M and R was around. Mm -hmm. um, and, you, were, uh, you were selling parts for that? Like you were working selling, for them? Like, uh, no, I had, uh, uh, that was the initial product line, actually, at Action Engineering. They were cylinders and switches and chains and sprockets. And just one of the parts that we were selling, one of the products that we were selling were pallets. And I had a, 
subcontractor that was manufacturing those for us and uh, was not keeping up. So we decided, let's figure out how to do this stuff ourselves, just like so many people do. I'm sure there's a gazillion printers that have the same story. They start off subbing out and they figure out that uh, their guys aren't keeping up with demand and they decide they want to do it themselves and they go buy machinery and figure it out. And that's really how this whole thing got started. It just seems like a weird introduction. Like you're just like, Hey, I see this screen printing press. I want to start making parts for it and selling them or like, how did you get involved with that? uh, Okay. Sorry. My father had uh, one of the best known screen printing factories in Atlanta started in 1976. Um, I started uh, working with him and uh, within a few years, he was one of the biggest shops in Atlanta. This is kind of when screen printing was really in its infancy. And uh, back in those late 70s, early 80s, there were three or four factories in Atlanta that had automatics. Um, and my father's shop was considered a, a big one. And he had four automatic screen printing shops. And I was always working in the shop. Um, I have always been very mechanical. And I was repairing his machines when I was a kid and uh, started doing work with all the other factories here in Atlanta, helping them keep their machines up and running also. So, you know, I always loved building cars and rebuilding engines and transmissions. And that was uh, the neighborhood I grew up in. That was kind of the cool thing back then. Everybody was into it. So, you know, uh, grew up in the industry. I, I really have. I uh, waited. And, yeah. And those were the, the, the autos that you had and that you were working on originally, they were precisions? Precisions, yeah. Precision hydraulic oval. Um, we had a precision not, oval. Oh, I was going to say, did, really. isn't that what you had at first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, this was probably 10 or 11 or no, probably between eight or nine years ago. Maybe I had one. Oh, it was wow. old. It was old then. Like it was... It was not something I liked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're loud. They're uh, inaccurate. Like death trap. Death trap. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were actually some actual deaths that were associated with that machine. Guess that we don't need to relive that. Uh, Winterland <laughs> comes to mind. Yeah. Brian, uh, who works me, almost got crushed in it. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Why yeah, was what, it so what, dangerous? What, what, what made it dangerous? There was no safety features on it. There was, it was just a lot of times people disengaged it. They did have safety features, but they, they faulted and quite often operators uh, disengaged it because it hindered production. Um, so yeah, got a, thank you for all of the newer machines that are so <laughs> nice and quiet and accurate and easy. And, mm-hmm. You know, the uh, quality of the machinery we had today compared to what I was looking at back in the seventies, eighties, nineties is just boggles the mind, man, how far our, uh, our industry really has come and yeah. continues to push it. You know, really the, uh, the leaders of our industry are absolute R and D fanatics. They don't stop. They never slow down. And, uh, I count myself as one of those. We are just constantly working on different projects and improving current products and And see that just uh continuously pushing the envelope forward yeah i brought you up was it the last time i was at mnr or something i was like oh did you see eric had these new quick load pallets oh awesome thank you 
Oh, yeah. awesome. Thank you, man. You know, crazy. I came out with that years ago and we are just now starting to see a really serious increase in selling those. One of the big challenges here for us is that our, I just feel R&D, like if you're going to buy a pallet, why wouldn't you buy yeah. Like oh, you're going to buy a new pallet. Why wouldn't you buy that pallet? So, I mean, you get it, right? You see how easy it is to load it now and, and yeah. why it's so much more effective to do it. Yeah. I think, um, I think that this is why a third party manufacturing accessories is so great because, you know, not to knock M and R or anything, you know, but they make pallets for the presses and they work really well. But when you're in the field, like in real world applications, you realize um, after so many times off, you know, taking pallets off, putting pallets on, you realize, wait a second, you know, so this is, there's gotta be an easier way because the way this slides in is kind of pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, a person at a shop or that's in a real factory working with their hands on these presses realizes, well, what if I cut a notch out, you know, wouldn't that, would it make it easier? And so then you come up. Well, with it's like, idea. it's so, like you said, like they're focused on making like next year's like better press and all this other stuff. They're not thinking about squeegees and flood bars and pallets yeah, and totally. everything else. Exactly. And then you get word from a couple printers like, Hey, it'd be really cool if we had this flood bar that was like specifically for water base. And then you made like the, the aqua one or the, the water base flood, flood bar, mm-hmm. or like you said, like the, you know, there's a ton of different stuff, like different squeegees and holders and all this other stuff that they don't, they're not thinking about because they're trying to make another press. And that's where like action, I feel like excels is you guys are always making like the next best accessory for these presses. Thank you guys very much. That's really nice thing to say. And uh, you're spot on amigo. That's it. That's, you know, I still love this. I'm here every day at 4am. All we do is focus on the products that we manufacture. We will never manufacture a press. I've been asked to, uh, never going to happen. My number one accounts are all of the different press manufacturers around the world. I have no intent of ever competing with these guys. Um, Just another note, by the way, these companies that you're talking about, they get in orders all day long, 30, 40, 50, a hundred thousand dollars. They get big orders. Then they get an order for pallet squeegees and flood bars. It's just a few thousand. Which one do you think they really want to focus on? Oh yeah. they, they, you know, they're not incentivized to push their development in certain areas, especially when we're here. Their customers might request it, but do they actually want to put the time into doing it? Not really. Every one of them tell me the same thing, that uh, pallets are a big pain to them. They'd rather not have to make them. Well, and, and, uh, and also, especially now, do they even have the time? I mean, right now, if you want to order a press, you're looking at seven, eight months. And so, yeah they're just trying to make pallets for a new press, not pallets for already presses out there or whatever. You know what I mean? So just to keep up producing their equipment right now is a challenge, let alone developing all these special accessories for them. So you, so you started making parts for this precision oval. What happened next? You just slowly got into making pallets and then that kind of took off. And then from there it was here and there accessories or what? Oh, golly, what a crazy story, man. Uh, Where did it go from there? I guess uh, shortly thereafter, I started working on used machinery sales. It was uh, around the time that NAFTA came and absolutely laid waste to our industry. And uh, there was just so much used machinery. All the big mills, all the big factories left the United States, went to Mexico. They were selling machinery. 
There was a, an absolute just glut of used equipment on the market. Uh, I had the very good fortune of having the confidence of uh, Fruit of the Loom, who basically gave me their machinery on consignment to sell. And uh, that was a just phenomenal catalyst in my company's growth. The, uh, the money that I made working with Fruit of the Loom on uh, liquidating their, their machinery here, I put in to buy new machinery for fabrication. And that was around the exact same time that I started manufacturing pallets. We were selling machinery. My uh, supplier for pallets wasn't able to keep up. I had to figure out how to make pallets. And uh, the money I made from the uh, used equipment sales, I, I bought new machines with and learned how to use them. And uh, that, was, that was really the, uh, the used equipment and the, the deal I had with fruit so very long ago was such a big part of us being able to be where we are today. Now, with you starting your own manufacturing and you said, what, did you literally just like buy a CNC or something and then like <laughs> have to learn it yourself and figure it absolutely out? Absolutely did. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, first thing we did, went to Sears and bought a drill press, a craftsman drill press. That was the first thing we ever had. Uh, next thing I ever had was a Delta table saw. Um, very, very simple stuff. At very, you know, the first couple of few years, all we had was very simple tools, doing very simple work. Then we brought uh, a Bridgeport knee mill, very simple manual mill that we used. And uh, it just, it baffles me the kind of work that we did with this manual machine back <laughs> in the day, man, that the parts that we were making, the complexity of these parts, we didn't even have 3D modeling software yet. And we were doing the kind of work we were doing on manual mills. We got our first CNC in 1995. Um, I spent all weekend long studying the operations manual on it. And by Monday morning, I made our first jig using this machine. And, uh, you know, yeah, I broke several tools that weekend, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> just basically by trial and error and a lot of money, we learned how to use this machine, breaking tools, nonstop, testing speeds, testing feeds, testing the limit of the machine. Want to go fast. Need to make sure we're going as fast as we can. Well, that broke, slow it down. Well, that broke, slow it down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just, just that way. It was a, a phenomenally expensive education to learn how to use this equipment. Um, but hey, and, look at where we are now. Yeah, fun. I was going to say, and then just year after year, you just like upgrade equipment and get more people and train them and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I look back, man, at, you know, what was accomplished year after year. It's, a, it's an amazing story. It really is. It's I mean, it's fun. the same story for a lot of screen printing shots you know, same, we start same, with um i started with a diy manual press that um i put together from like home depot and a diy light table that i tore apart like a shop light and their ballasts and put different bulbs in and you know you look and i didn't even i was telling i was talking to joanne about this that first my first table i built that it didn't have I didn't have a way to auto shut off. In other words, like I had a stopwatch, you know, like a timer. So I'd mm -hmm. put my screen on, turn the light on and I'd walk away and I'd have to remember to come back you know, a too. certain amount exact of time. Otherwise it would just stay on for forever. It would never turn yep. off and you'd ruin a screen. And so I had a kitchen timer on top and I would <laughs> run over and hit the off switch. 
I mean, but if you happen to like walk out, if I happen to walk out of the garage or something and I couldn't hear it or it was done, then, then I, I ruined the screen, you know? And so you, you all start out like that and you look back and say, man, how did I ever, you know, I can't believe I ever made a screen like that. Um, but it makes you appreciate what you have now. Definitely. Like, and I think dude, that we used to like, do this this way, you know, and building that stuff, building my own light table gave me a way better understanding of what kind of light table I wanted to buy like that eventually, you know what I mean? Like what I want out of a light table or exposure unit, I should say, like, what do yeah. I want out of an, uh, uh, an exposure unit that's manufactured by a company? I actually knew because I tried to do it myself, you know? Oh, so, perfect. Great story, man. <clears throat> Eric, what, uh, what is like your guys's number one selling product? Oh, we have hundreds of products that we sell now. Um, well, what's like the big thing ever the, like you the, sell? Is it okay? The, the one the thing of? that we sell the most, as far as like the actual number of individual pieces, yeah. can we guess? Can we guess? We go ahead. <laughs> I want to so absolutely take guess. Um, but wait a second, I just heard your first part lead into that, and you said, Yeah, by individual pieces, and so it's got to be a cheaper product. I'm guessing you're going to say pre cut squeegees, maybe pre cut, pre cut, um, I don't know what your ROI is on that, but like, I would, I was going to guess like the number one product, most profitable product would be the roller squeegee. Uh, uh, it's hard to say, hard to say some things, margins are good. Some things, margins are not so good at the end of the day, you know, the drops down all to one major percentage roller squeegees are, uh, um, hey, wow, it's funny you brought that up. Check this out. <laughs> I happen to have here the first ever roller squeegee that was ever made. <laughs> I got this back about four years ago, and this was the, the first one, first generation. Wow. It uh, looks pretty similar. It is very similar. It is very similar. And uh, the, the making of the roller squeegee was so much fun. God, that was great. That was great. I remember when it came out, I went home and told my wife, this thing is going to pay off our mortgage one day. <laughs> and we sell a ton of them. We sell a ton of them, I think. But then you had to make the screen to go with it. We did. We did. It, uh, I made the roller squeegee. And, you know, it dawned on me a few days after I started shipping this thing. That what we really, you know, I, I remembered when I was a kid how I would use the heat press and put a piece of Teflon over the image before I, you know, dropped the, the iron down. And I said, man, you know what you got to have? You need a piece of Teflon coming in contact with this thing while it's being rolled. And it'll be just glass smooth that way. And so it was, uh, that was the, the catalyst for how the I love the screen was. I love the extra mile you guys do on that too. Not only do you make a screen, which you could just put Teflon on a screen, but you paint the frame green. You're like powder. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. We don't powder they? coat the screens anymore. Oh, really? How do they ship say. now? There, there's been some, the last year or so, we've had some interruptions in our supply chain from these frames. Oh, I don't so, blame uh, you. That's why I said it was definitely an, definitely an extra mile, making them green. I think the first it, it one was. I had was green. Yeah. All of ours are green. So are you are saying they? that when you first... Um, started selling the roller squeegee. It was just that. So you would just chop down on your on the shirt and roll the shirt right no. over the ink without Teflon. No. no, no, it was still with a screen. Okay, 
It was still with a screen. Just a just coded a, screen. A coded screen. Yeah. Got you. But it uh, was, you know, the intent was to use a, a high mesh count and try to get things as smooth as possible that way. So what are some things that you guys carry that you feel like don't get seen enough or is a product that people should take advantage of that don't really know it exists? What a beautiful lead in. Thank you, man. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's what I'm here for. You know, I was going to mention earlier that one of the, uh, the, the unbelievable um, strengths that this company has is our innovation, our R&D, coming up with new ideas, coming up with new products. And the, uh, the biggest downside we have, the, the biggest problem we have is our marketing. And that is just simply our R&D outpaces our marketing. And usually it takes several years after we come out with something that we start to see any kind of traction with it. Um, this next year, I'm actually going to be reallocating some resources and putting a lot more effort uh, slash dinero into our marketing resources. Um, I have made the decision not to do trade shows for the next couple of years. And uh, the money that was going to be going into trade shows is going to be used in other ways in our, in our marketing efforts. So that, uh, that I hope is going to change. But we've been busy. We've got a lot of new products, man. Um, these, uh, these racks that we're coming out with for squeegees and for pallets. and The cart? The cart is on hold. I was going to say the ultra mega <laughs> Eric action cart that has, every, has cart. cup holders and USBs oh, yeah. and yeah. a movie yeah. theater yes. and it has, has a popcorn yes. machine. And Guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm having trouble with the math on this thing. The, uh, the cost of metal is through the roof. The cost to produce this thing is astronomical. <laughs> I cannot conscientiously put the price tag that I'd need to get before it, we are actually motivated to go into production with this thing. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this thing is dead on arrival. I hate to say, but by the time we finally finished all the R and D got it painted, got it assembled, went back and did a materials and time cost evaluation on this thing and put a price tag to it. It was a hundred thousand dollars. It, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I looked at this. I'm like, come on, nobody's going to pay this. Come on, you, you can't sell this thing for what you really want to be motivated to, to, I mean, I have uh, had this happen in the past, and that's why I'm really hesitant to put this on this on the on, up for sale. And that is, we put all this time developing a product, we we go to market with it, we sell it, we get an order for it, and all of a sudden you're like, got to make it. You're like, oh my god, we got to make this thing now. We don't want to. It's a dog. Right. Look at how much time this is. We actually got a lot of orders here. We can't work this thing into production right now. Right. It's it's too bulky. So. Mm. Anyway, but uh, what else did we come up with, man? We got, uh, hey, uh, let me uh, please say to uh, your audience that if anybody wants to take a look at what a really beautiful factory looks like, uh, please do check out my Facebook page. May 12th, I got some really great pictures of our shop. Everything was beautiful and cleaned and organized. I wanted to make sure that I remembered the shop the way it was on that day. Mm -hmm. I saw your good shop tour video then. You were talking about how clean it was and you walked yeah. through. Yeah, there's there's a number of other videos of the factory, but uh, this particular set of pictures is the nicest the shop has ever looked. So it's awesome. Yeah. If so anybody we'll, is in the Atlanta area, do you uh, is it do you have like an open tour situation? Oh, or positively do you have a retail love, store and 
Absolutely. Drop by anytime. Don't need go an back, invitation. Go back to my old stomping grounds. <laughs> Where's your I, old stomping grounds? Man? I lived in Marietta for like two years. Oh, far out. So did I. Where do you live? I lived in Marietta Square. Oh, right on. Brumby. Okay. Very cool. I know yeah. the area. Yeah. I worked at a print shop down there uh, like 13 years ago for like two years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to move back home. So gotcha, bud. I'll come back down, go to the Marietta Diner and uh, nice the Vortex and get some tater tots and I'll come see you. Yeah, please. Love to have you, buddy. <laughs> I have, um, so I have a question. Yes, sir. Do do most of your ideas or like what percentage of your ideas come from um, other shops saying, hey, it'd be really cool if you made this thing. Um, What percentage come from just you and working on, you know, in in the screen printing world and coming up with just solving problems and making things more efficient. And then what percentage comes to you in like a dream in the middle of the night? (laughs) <laughs> uh let me ask let me answer the last part of that uh that waking up with the aha happens to me constantly and uh, i am so often in the shop at three o'clock in the morning because i want to make sure i get it out of my head and as i said we are just non-stop working on new things and coming up with new mechanical innovations for our products and i have uh you know, an enormous amount of my discretionary brain power goes into trying to figure these things out. They're puzzles, nonstop little puzzles I'm trying to figure out. And so that happens a lot, man. In terms of what is the percentage, a vast majority of all of these ideas come out of just my experience in the industry from being 11 years old until I was, you know, now. And uh, while I have not been into too many factories in the last 10 years, in our early years, I'd uh, toured the country intensely. I had uh, 100,000 miles a year in my car. I had 100,000 miles a year, at least in an airplane. And I was in every major factory in the country repeatedly for many, many years talking to these guys. What do you like? What do you need? And uh, got a lot of direction from some of the very, very best printers in the world who have become my friends. And uh, so, yes, the the answer is an enormous amount of uh, the motivation has come from the industry uh, and uh, an enormous amount of that. um, The ability to actually move forward on that is because of my experience in the industry. And I feel like we're accelerating, truthfully. I've got more people in design now. I've got more people in marketing now. I uh, have these two young men that have uh, started recently and they're basically engineers in training and unbelievably motivated and smart. And they're already really impressing me. And so. Well, the cool part is too, is that there's, I mean, for the screen printing press, there's realistically only so many things that they've kind of stayed the same for a long time, like the palette or the squeegee or the flood bar. Yeah. You're making innovations to make them better and more efficient, but nowadays you're getting all the, the Mavericks and the Cornets and like all these things where like they all want these specialty palettes for digital. Mm-hmm. And you guys have been working on a lot of that too, right? Like yeah, all these have. new specialty palettes for that stuff. How, how's yeah. that going? Uh, it's going really well, really well. What are the challenges with that though? Like just like holding it down without adhesive or um, different hold downs for different things? 
The, uh, you know, the DTG um, technology is, as you know, very different. The, uh, the palette functionality is mostly the same, but the challenge really is, you know, how to keep the shirt on the palette. Um, we've had just so many different things we've tried over the years. We have palettes now for use on Brother, palettes for use on Epson. Um, Cordneat has been a big focus of ours for many, many years. When the very first Cordneat machine was uh, put into service here in America, it was at a company called Colorado Timberline. I got a phone call from the owner. Um, what was his name again? Uh, what was his name? I think it's Michael Green. No, not Michael Green. His last name is Dan, Dan Green. Called me. Asked me to come out and take a look at this machine. I was there a couple of days later with my uh, with my calipers and <laughs> you know taking pictures and measurements and um, and uh, we started developing pallets for use on Cordneat at the very start of Cordneat's introduction to the United States, which is their introduction to the world. So we've been developing Cordneat solutions as long as they have, and. How does that work with you guys, like making things for different presses and manufacturers? Do you, do you have to go through any kind of like weird licensing or anything, or you can just make anything and everything and they don't have a say really? The management and engineering team at Cordneat recognized early on how important we could be to them and gave us an enormous amount of support and motivation to develop the products that we did. They held our hand and uh, we sent samples back and forth until they finally said, you guys are great. And uh, since then, we've had a, an ongoing working relationship with uh, the company and um, continue that to this day. And uh, that's awesome. They're a, they're a great company. Make, make you know, undoubtedly the very best digital printing machine on the market, I think, hands down. Um, and uh you know, yeah. You just get we, to do this, huh? We, we make a lot of different printing solutions for use on the coordinate machine. Um, like I said early on, the manufacturers of machinery, they're getting in $200,000 orders, $400,000 orders. Now they got in an order for some pallets. Well, they got a separate company like Action to do all this like awesome R&D for them. You know what I mean? That's a perfect partnership. Like if I had someone to figure out all this shit that would make me more efficient and make people want to buy my equipment because it works perfectly with it. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's right. kind of the thing is it's a, it's so a perfect situation. It, it is. You know, you look at the scenario where you've got brother, you've got Epson, you've got Cornet. Um, We all know that when you go buy that desktop printer for a hundred dollars, that you're going to put a lot more money into it. And how do you put it in there? You put it into the ink sales. And what these guys want is to sell ink. They send you a machine. That's great. In the end, they want to sell as much ink as they can to you. And by us developing all of these different printing solutions, it makes their life easier. It makes their ink sales go up. And uh, that's the name of the game in the end for the digital guys. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the same thing with the screen printing guys. They're really not selling ink, but digital, uh, digital printing OEMs, they are, uh, they are in the business of selling ink and that's what they want to do. 
And we make that job a lot easier. A couple of things. One, um, before we get to questions for us, or I don't know if we have time for a shop hack or not, but um, oh, I I've got my hacks ready. I got my okay, hacks perfect. ready, so, by the way. Um, one more question before we get to that then is um, you make hundreds of successful products that, that um, and accessories that printers love. What is your biggest flop? <laughs> uh, uh, the warrior extreme palette system baby <laughs> you wouldn't believe this thing well this I, palette, I, how would how would it flop with a name like that oh it was awesome this was the <laughs> baddest ass palette the world has ever seen i brought this thing to long beach a number of years ago and People were running to see it. They were calling their friends and family to come see it. You've got to come see this thing, man. The pallet would side shift. It would flip over. You could move the pallet from one machine to another. It was great. Before I went to the show, I knew this thing was such a giant success. I put $20,000 <laughs> worth of these things on the, mm -hmm. on, the, on the rack to go to the show and sell them. Not one single order. Nothing. Why? Every single bit of it away. Why? Because it was, here's something else I learned. If it takes you 20 minutes at a trade show to explain how it works, this is not a product you want to sell. Okay. I like selling products that you just go, Hey, this is it. And people go, I get it. So this <laughs> thing was like, yeah, you, you had to educate people on what it was for, how it would work, why they would make money out of it. And, you know, I found myself spending 20 minutes for each guy to show, trying to make them understand what this thing does, why it could be beneficial. And, you know, I learned a very expensive, another very expensive lesson with this. And uh, to this day, I do not do that. To this if day, I, you have a rack of $20,000 worth. Yeah. Of Bye -bye. <laughs> so. I do not inventory anything until we have a substantial track record of it. And I know that we're going to going forward, we'll be able to move this stuff. So it's one of those things you live and you learn. Yeah. A lot of expensive lessons, bud. Mm -hmm. All right. What's your hacks, Eric? Got a hack. He said, let me see. What he said? Uh, printing hack, business hack, life hack. All right. Got a few for you. Um, just say no to dye migration. Make sure your squeegees are not wider than your pallets. Okay. Always good information, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just say no to breaking your screens. Make sure your winged flood bars are at a zero angle. Don't break your okay. screen. Okay, time out. So back up to the first one. Yeah. Why? Um, so you said squeegee is... Uh, squeegee rubbers are wider than your pallets. And I think I know why, but what yeah. is your reason for, for that? At least pressure marks. That's right. If yeah. you are on an automatic and you are running a 16 inch squeegee on a 14 inch pallet and you are printing anything other than a white t-shirt, uh, it generates what uh, we just were told pressure marks. It's also um, technically called dye migration. And uh, it'll leave lines down the left side of the shirt and right side of the shirt that is a uh, can be the biggest one is people that do a 16 inch squeegee on a, on a sleeve pallet. Everybody does that. Everybody does that. We sell, you know, it's funny you brought that up because out of all of the pallets we sell, 
the sleeve palettes are by far the number one as far as specialty application palettes go. Um, and your basic standard, average, everyday, run-of-the-mill Joe Schmo, four by 22. We ship hundreds of lines of this thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sell so very few four-inch squeegees. Nobody, yeah. nobody buys a four-inch squeegee for it. So I, I, have, I have a whole bunch of four-inch action sleeve squeegees. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so uh, hack number one squeegees yeah don't make them bigger than your palettes because yeah. you'll have pressure marks dye migration and also um that's where you're going to have emulsion breakdown at those edges too that too um, course, hack yeah. number two wing flood bars wing, wing flood, flood bars. bars keep the angles at zero or else the wings are going to break your screen mm -hmm. so some people uh we we don't send these winged flood bars out with an instruction sheet maybe we should Every once in a while, somebody calls me. We broke a screen. What happened? I said, did you set the thing at zero? No. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. I have a so. quick, inter interesting story. I'll yeah. make it fast. So yeah. we um, learned, because we use wing flood bars here, and the Cobras, and I think the Gauntlets too, they are flat indexer, and so the screens go down, right? Well, overnight, let's say you have a job regged and set up and you're not going to tear it out and you're going to leave them there overnight, overnight squeegees they drop. drop. And um, if you have ink in your screens, all good because that ink serves as a little bit of a cushion between the sharp metal of a flood bar and also maybe even some sharp rubber. We take all you, the squeegees and flood bars out. Even if a job's still set up overnight. Overnight. Yeah. Okay. Well, we started just loosening them. Like we pop the locks on them so that they had some give if they fall. Mm -hmm. But what I, we noticed is, is what um, I came in one morning and a screen was popped because it was dry. We had just put screens up in the press and we're like, okay, well, this is what we're starting with in the morning. And we had clean squeegee, clean flood bar, clean screen, and they fell and it popped a screen. Yep. And it was because there was no ink cushion. That's what my theory was, is there's no ink cushion. But I really like your idea of taking them out, even though it's We just take them out and then set them on the front of the frame. Mm -hmm. And then when they get in the morning, they pop them back in. All right. I like it. Um, all right. So. Hey, I'm thinking new, uh, new squeegee accessory somehow in this, man. Let's talk <laughs> later on that. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah. We can, we can solve this problem. Huh? There, there's there's got to be a solution to that, amigo. It'll be the shirt show squeegee. Okay. Right. we'll uh we'll we'll make it uh it'll have sure to be orange mm -hmm. <laughs> all right so what's your what do you have any more hacks eric for printing anything life oh life uh sure <laughs> uh be sure to read the book proper hookah and bong etiquette it's always <laughs> important right I agree. By, uh, of course, authored by Mary J. <laughs> okay. That's always important. Good hookah etiquette, man. There's a lot of hookah places out on the West Coast, I believe. So when in Rome, yeah, make sure to know the etiquette. Andy looks like right room. now, yeah, that he has proper etiquette. Oh, I thought I'm you were assuming that's what the glasses are for. So. <laughs> so baked out of his mind right now. I'm going to start wearing glasses on these things, on these, these shows. We went right to, yeah, we went and hung out with uh, the Golden Boys at their show. And for some reason, we just kept our sunglasses on because it was super bright out that day. And now it's the thing, the thing to do. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I like cool. it. 
All right, some real quick, super quick, quick takes. Vacation or staycation? I'm going on vacation next month, first time in many years, and going to be leaving my puppies behind for the first time in many years. That's it's never fun. Do you take them somewhere, or do you have someone visiting? I've got somebody that's going to stay at the house for uh, four days while we're out. Nice. Where are you going on vacation? It's called Mexico Beach. It's in Florida. And uh, my brother-in-law has a place down there. So it's a, it's a family vacation. Nice. I'm renting a house across from the beach. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, Isn't yeah. that on the Gulf side? It is. Uh, from Atlanta, you go to Panama City Beach and take a left for about mm-hmm. another half hour. We go pretty close to there, although we go to Panama City Beach and take a right for about a half hour. <laughs> so To uh, where, Destin? Uh, before that, so in between, Seaside? sort of, uh, that's where this hat, uh, what does that say? Oh, Seacrest, right on. Yeah. 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 So, um, but we go to Rosemary and all along there, 38, you can't go wrong. It's, it's awesome. Wonderful. All right. Next question, Dilly. Uh, messy desk or clean desk? Uh, yeah, we can see it right now. Can't we? <laughs> That's the cleanest desk I think I've ever seen. That's not even real office. <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned it just for you guys. You look like you have the like triple desk going on. You got whatever you're facing and you got one to the left and to the right. Quadruple. Yeah. He's got so much shit that he needs three desks. <laughs> Four desks. There's one behind him. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next we have test the waters or dive in the deep end. Dive in the deep end. I was no, going to say, I, I feel like I feel like you were diving the deep end, and now you're testing <laughs> yeah, waters. That's right. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Okay. I yeah. don't have nearly the guts I used to have. I was an absolute. Well, dude, it's expensive. You know, you know, I've, the uh, industry you're in is expensive to fuck up with. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. <laughs> I thought you were being literal about going to the. Okay, right. Sorry. Right. He likes to dip his toes in. Oh, yeah, totally, of course. <laughs> um, crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? <laughs> Seriously. I'll, <laughs> I'll take crunchy. Hell, yeah. Good answer. Crunchy for 200, baby. Okay, perfect. All right, Andy, finish this off so he can go to his meeting. Once for lunch, Eric. Oh, man, lunch is my favorite meal of the day. I take lunch very serious. I always grab uh, somebody here from the factory and go have lunch. We've got an unbelievable selection here in the area we're at. I prefer anything that ends in ESE. I like it to be Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, Taiwanese, whatever. Um, Indianese. I love Indianese. So what is it today, though? I don't know. What's today is Wednesday. So my Chinese place, the Thai place are closed. So, uh, yeah, it's probably Longhorn. Longhorn Steakhouse. That's, that's right. They got a great salad. Longhorn Steakhouse and ease. That's right. Well, Eric, right, man, well, around the corner. It was awesome to finally get you on here. We've been wanting to do this Gosh, for a while. Thank you so much. And we genuinely love your stuff. I've used it forever. Um, thank you, man. It's it's really great. I I wanted to make sure everyone knew, and I know everyone knows who you guys are, but just to hear the story a little bit is nice. Andy, Dylan, guys, thank you. And uh, thank you so much for the phenomenal effort that you've uh, put out to, uh, to help us 
And uh, we are very grateful and really enjoy the partnership. Thank you, guys. Same, man. Have a good day, dude. Thank you, boys. Yep. Enjoy you. your steak ease. I will. <laughs> Take care, guys. See ya.